0: Hey, I just wanted to let you know that you're at the right place. I'm making a transition from the name Chats with Coach Debbie to From Willingness to Wellness. Same content, different name, different look. Here we are again for another episode of Chats with Coach Debbie. And today we're going to continue on talking about the soul. We are going to talk about making decisions for change and how to choose wisely. So we'll get right into it as soon as I come back with today's chat. Welcome to this podcast, which is For the Willing, Chats with Coach Debbie, a place where you will be influenced to live a happier, healthier, more fulfilled life. And now on to today's chat. Okay, let's do this. We're going to continue on and talking about the soul. And to recap just a little bit from the last episode, I shared that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And the soul is the place where the mind, will, and emotions reside. I also shared with you about making a decision for change, making a choice, comes from within the area of the soul. We talked about motivation and how motivation resides within you, that I can't motivate you to do anything, but I can stir up the motivation that resides in you, and that the word motivation comes from the word motive, which means capable of producing motion. When we make a decision for something, when we make a choice, we do that from that area of motivation. We are moving forward. We have motion that is being produced. And that is the purpose for making choices, right? Anything, any decision that you make, it's not to be stagnant. It's to move forward. I want to read just a couple of scriptures to you before we get into the meat of today. And these are scriptures that are from the message translation. Both of these are. The first one that I want to read is James 1, verses 12 through 15, again from the message translation. This says, Anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. Don't let anyone under pressure to give in to evil say, God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. The temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby, sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. So when we are faced with a challenge, we have to recognize that we have the responsibility to manage it and to stick it out, just like this word tells us. We cannot blame things on God. We cannot blame it on the Lord. We have to take responsibility. We have to make our choices, our decisions for ourselves and make the right ones based on what we know that lines up with the Word of God. And the Word of God tells us that we are to live in health and prosper, and that's what we're shooting for. Now, the second scripture that I would like to read is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And again, this is from the message translation that says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. And isn't that what we want? We want to do things God's way. We want to live God's way. And it says that when we do this, He brings gifts into our lives. He gives us things like affection for others, exuberance about life. Are you exuberant about life? You should be. And if you're living in God's way, then you will be because that's what the word tells us. We need to stick with things as we develop a willingness to stick with things. That is part of that gift. Let me read that again. But what happens when we live God's way? There's a question. What happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. What gifts does he bring? Things like affection for others, exuberance about life serenity. Another gift is that we develop a willingness to stick with things. We develop a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. You know, a loyal commitment is not just to another person. A loyal commitment is not just to the Lord a loyal commitment can be made to yourself. And that's what we're looking at right now, is making that loyal commitment, living God's way, and therefore having all these extra things, all these gifts in our life. I mentioned in the last episode at the end of the episode that today we would be Digging in a little bit to a word that sometimes has a reputation or a a thought of being a bad word, but it's really not. It's a good word. And that word is discipline. Once we make a decision for change, for a healthy lifestyle or whatever, we have to operate in discipline. I'm going to ask a question and then I'm going to answer it for you like I tend to do quite often. And that is, what is discipline? Discipline. Discipline means to have conscious control over lifestyle. It means to have mental self-control. It is used in directing or changing behavior. And it means learning or training for something. Those are definitions that I found when looking up the word discipline. To have conscious control over lifestyle. To have mental self-control. It's used in directing or changing behavior, and it means learning or training for something. Now, do we always feel like operating in discipline? There's that emotion, you know, the the soul is made of the mind, will, and emotions. Do we always feel like Operating in discipline? No. (laughs) We don't. We don't always feel like, oh, I want to be disciplined today. I want to do this. I know I should and I I need to, but I, I really don't feel like it. So the answer to that question is do we always feel like it? No, we don't. But why do we? The reason is we will put time and effort for what has value. An example is, do you always feel like getting up and going to work or getting up and going to school? No. But why do you? Because you have value in that. What we value in our lives, we will give time and effort towards. Is it easy to operate in discipline? No, not always. It's not. It's just like anything else. We have to form a consistent pattern and then persevere. So do we always feel like it? No. Is it always easy? No. No. But again, why do we operate in discipline? If it doesn't always feel good, and if it's not always easy, why do we? In addition to giving time or effort for what has value, we do it because it's good for us. Here's an example of that. We discipline our children, right? Why do we discipline our children? Is it easy? Not necessarily. But the end result is always best. We discipline them because we want them to live. We want them to grow up to be respectable human beings. So we discipline them for that reason. How many times did you say, or have you heard from your parents when you were being disciplined, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. It's not until you're a parent yourself that you understand the truth behind that. But there is truth to it. So it's not easy. It's not easy to discipline others. If you're in a position at your job that you have to, on occasion, discipline employees, that's not an easy task. Most people do not take joy in disciplining others, but the reality is that discipline is for our good. It's a good thing. Another example of this is in Genesis in the garden, when the Lord said, you can have of any tree in here, but this one I really do believe the Lord showed me this years ago that that is the first example of discipline in the Word, because He says you can have of any tree, but this one, right there He was giving man a choice, and man was to operate in discipline, and and we know that, we know how that ended, right? <laughs> so it, you know, look at it this way: it's like we tell our children. Do not go out and play in the street. Why? Because it's for their health. It's for their life. Just like in the garden, when the Lord said that, why did he say, don't eat of this one? Because he said, in the day that you do, you will surely die. And we know that that was a spiritual death, but it was for man's good. Just like when we tell our children, don't go play in the street. It's for their good. We have to see this word discipline in a different light. We have to know that discipline is for our personal good. When I shared my personal scripture with you guys a while back, which is 1 Corinthians 9.27, it says that I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others I would find myself disqualified. In other words, I discipline myself because I'm preaching and I want to minister and tell you what I'm doing So, I have to discipline my own body so I'm not disqualified. Discipline is a good thing. Here's another thought when it comes to making decisions, much depends on our current emotions, senses, and convenience. It depends on how we feel at the time, it depends on our senses if we're hungry, if we're tired, and convenience. At that point, we have to stop and ask ourselves this question. Is this decision the best choice for my whys? Going back to episodes 11 and 12, when we talked about the heart, creating hope, and I encouraged you to make a list of your weight loss whys and to build your vision book. We have to ask ourselves, is this choice the best one for my whys? Is it worth it? If I make this decision right now, this choice right now, is it the wisest one for my health, for my nutrition, for my energy, for my longevity of life, or any other why that you wrote down in that list of weight loss whys? Is it worth it? And you also have to ask yourself, why should I decide to operate in discipline for a new lifestyle? Why should I? It goes back to your whys. You have to know what your why is. You have to have that so big in your thinking, in your heart, have created such hope and expectation for it that when it comes to making a choice, making a decision, that you do choose wisely for your why. What happens if you mess up? Let's talk about that because, you know, on occasion, we do mess up, right? We all do it. I've done it. We we mess up. But what happens when we mess up? I want you to do something. I want you to take your hand and I want you to snap your finger. That is how fast your do-over happens. When we mess up, we have a do-over, and that do-over happens now. We don't have to wait till tomorrow. We don't have to wait till next week or next month. If we mess up, we have a do-over that happens right now. I want you to snap your finger and know that that instant, a do-over can happen. So if you maybe have an overindulgence of foods that are not the best choice for your body, they don't line up with your weight loss wise, then stop and go, my do-overs now and start over. But never, ever, ever dig yourself deeper. What happens if you dig yourself deeper, if you dwell on the fact that, man, I messed up. I, I shouldn't have had that. I know better. I shouldn't have done that. You just dwell on the mess up you dig yourself into a deep, deep hole. And pretty soon, it will be so down, so deep, that you can't see the light above you. So instead, what you have to do is stand up, brush yourself off, and keep moving forward. Now, as I tie this up for today, I want to leave you with another thought and this one is one of my favorite quotes. It has been for a long, long time. And it's a quote by Joe Girard that says, The elevator to success is out of order. You will have to use the stairs one step at a time. And that's what we are doing here, friends. That's what we are doing as I break down Mark twelve thirty three and how it relates to gaining health by weight loss through focusing on the heart, the mind, the soul. And then coming up next episode, we'll begin on strength or body, taking action. When we do those things, we do them one step at a time. Now, I'm going to ask you, have you joined my Facebook chat group yet? If not, do so and invite someone to join you. You'll find it at facebook.com groups slash for the willing chats. Share this episode or share this podcast with your friends. Let them know the benefits that you found. Go into my group and tell me what you have got out of these last two episodes discussing the soul and making decisions for change and how to choose wisely. I'd also like to ask you to please go and rank or review this podcast of Chats with Coach Debbie wherever it is that you listen from. And sign up for my newsletter if you haven't. I won't overload your inbox, but I will send you a newsletter or information or a chat every now and then, and definitely a weekly to let you know when the episodes have published, just to help you remember to listen to the next one. So until next time, my friends, please remember that I am here to encourage you, to influence you, to stir up that motivation within you to live a happier, healthier, more fulfilled life by understanding that you can do anything if you are willing. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast that is For the Willing Chats with Coach Debbie. Until next time, this is Coach Debbie reminding you that you can do anything if you are willing. For more information, visit ForTheWilling.com. That's the number four thewilling.com.